Hey everyone, welcome to the 40th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your week. My name's Blake Guthrie, I'll be hosting this week, and as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. So, Marcos, what have you been playing this week? Oh man, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3. Tell me a little bit about this. I know you have been like sacredly and patiently waiting like a monk for this game. Oh, a monk? Man. Yes. Well, a maybe monk. a very impatient monk, I should say. Yes. Oh man, I'm, I, I've cried like eight times throughout playing this game. And I how many hours? Like, oh, I'm 30 hours plus, I believe. That's like a cry every three hours. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's great. Like when I first held the game, I uh, nearly broke down. It was great. So I know you did multiple uh, pre-orders. Which copy arrived first? The uh, PS4. Okay. So I, I assume that you've just been grinding on that copy. Yeah, it showed up noon on Monday. Oh my gosh. That's a yeah. blessing to the whole community right now. Yeah, I have not ordered it. I don't plan on playing it anytime soon. I'm still in the middle of the first game for the first time, but I, I, it, the enthusiasm for that game is so infectious. Dakota, yeah, how about sweet. you? What? What I'm have sorry. you been playing this week? Oh, yeah. um, Persona 5. I mean, I'm pretty simple. Also, you failed to mention the elephant in the room that you're not Ben. <laughs> um... Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna just hope that the listeners assumed that for themselves. <laughs> ben is out this week. He is busy. Um, but if we're gonna if we're gonna stop there before we get through the rest of that, then yes, um, Ben has turned over the hosting reins to me tonight. God knows if that's a good decision or not. I'm gonna do my best. Clearly, I already forgot that I I am uh, breaking the custom here. I did say I was hosting this week, but um, but I did not say in Ben's absence. So Ben, if you're listening in the future, um, that that's minus one point for me. <laughs> he's, uh, he's but I've fine. just been playing Persona. Okay. Nothing new. Yeah. Well, I feel like the game never ends. Frankly, um, you honestly, and... yeah. It's a long game. Yeah, I mean, I I've only played Persona three, but that game took me a, a several months of just casual playthrough, and yes. I, God knows I loved every minute of it. But it took a long time. I assume Persona five is no different. Yeah, so... it's taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> Are you at least enjoying it still, though? Like, I know you were a little yeah. hung up on a specific boss last time we spoke. Yeah, the last podcast I was literally fighting. It was not even, it was a mini boss. Not even in, like, a main palace or anything. And I beat it by, like, the end of the podcast. We were done recording. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. But now uh, I think I stopped playing at a puzzle. So now I'm like, well, that's going to be fun. To <laughs> oh, good to. luck with that. Well, this week I played, uh, obviously, more Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which has been just fantastic. Uh, although I did have my first ever, like, full backseating stream, like, where I had a bunch of random people show up and, like, really tell me literally what to do next, and that sucked. Well, that's unfortunate. It, it totally was. I, I, I never understood the, the gripe against backseaters until then, but, uh, but now I do. And I also just played the new Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, that just came out this past week. And um, I'll be releasing an article on the website on Friday about that. Generally speaking, I, I thumbs down on, and that Ouch. sucks. I love Life is Strange, so thumbs down on that. Um, okay, so let's start this off with a trivia question here. Currently, let me update you with the score. Since Marcos was not here to defend himself last week, we had Andy, uh, for better or for worse, taking the score over for you. Uh, we have a three-way tie right now, which really feels rigged, but I swear... 
it was genuine. We have Marcos, Dakota, and Ben, who I'm representing, all at eight points here. A three-way tie. So Marcos's hard-earned lead got swamped by my ridiculous good luck streak last week. Um, Your good luck streak? Well, I, I literally Excuse copied. Me. I copied you half the way through there, but once or twice. I would just like recognition because I am real bad at trivia. <laughs> I just feel cheated. Like, <laughs> As you should. I was sick for a day, and I whatever. I'm getting it back. Maybe if you bring an excused note from the doctor, then I can excuse your points. Um, but you'll have to take that up with the boss, Ben. So. This trivia segment is going to be a continuation from the segment What Year Is It? from our patron Tina Jameson. The rules are the same as before, but to remind our listeners, two contestants will guess what year a game came out. If neither contestant guesses correctly within two years, then the host, me, wins a point. In the result of a tiebreaker, whoever is closer to the correct year then gets the point. So of this list... um, we're going to start with Red Dead Redemption, the original. What year, Marcos, did Red Dead Redemption come out? Like 2010? Final answer? Yeah. Okay. Dakota, what do you say? Uh, two, Two thousand nine. Twenty nine. Okay. So yeah, nineteen twenty nine. No. Okay. Cool. Okay. So Red Dead Redemption came out in twenty ten. So does that mean Marcos gets the point? I mean, it's within closer, but you both were within two years. How does this work? Honestly, last episode I didn't say nothing, but it was always like if you were on the date, you you get the point. So I wouldn't get the point. But last episode we kind of went against that, so I don't know what. Like, okay. literally last episode where there'd be, I think, one of, like, there's probably one where someone, I, I mean, we could so, always go, someone can go back and listen, but. Well, the final where, rule. Like, you here. and me had it, and Andy yeah. was within the two years, so Andy still got a point. So here's That's the so thing. weird. The second. Which we've never done. The rule here that Tina Jameson put in here, I don't think we followed it last week. So maybe there needs to be recounting all the way down. But I'm, I'm working with a three-way tie here. The wording is in the result of a tiebreaker, which suggests that only one person can get a point. Whoever is closer to the correct year then gets a point, in which case, Spy, you're correct. Marcos would get that point. But last week, I know for sure we did not follow We that. did not follow regards. that. Yeah. Y'all are cheating. Well, then no, let's... And, I, and I was thinking that, too, but I didn't want to say nothing and like ruin the flow of the game. Well, last week, I didn't have the notes in front of me from Tina Jameson, so I think let's, let's so follow we can her blend advice back, here. Right? Let's, let's, pl- let's play with accordance Wait. of Tina Jameson. Let's do it. So... Marcos gets the point there. But that means last week's points are all left up. I, I know, right. I know. Goodness. Let, let's just leave this for Ben to figure out and then decide. Yes, this is Ben's job so... now. I'm, <laughs> what I'm, only, I'm the substitute teacher here. I'm doing my best. So, <laughs> so let's go to the next one here. We, we have a grand total of five games we're going to go through. The next one is the original Super Smash Bros. What year Dakota did Super Smash Bros. the original release? 96? 1996 and Marcos, what would you say? Like 98. 98. Okay, so that is 1999. Marcos gets another point here. Damn. I know, Marcos. You you're you're good to not have Andy in your stead anymore. This is you're slowly. Yeah, I trusted Andy. <laughs> As you should. He did. Have. 
He was like, screw Blake, he can't have my points. I honestly would have bet on Andy myself. I don't take offense. Now, <laughs> this one is super relevant and maybe super easy given the fact that the Resident Evil 2 remake just came out. Now, let's go with Marcos here. What year was the original Resident Evil 2 released? Ooh, uh, 2001? Okay, Dakota. I'm gonna Resident Evil's an old, old series, so I'm gonna go with like ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. Well, I'm surprised neither one of you nailed it, but Dakota wins a point here. It is 1998. Jeez, that was the same year? Oh no, I guess a year before Smash. That's wild. Yeah, so it's like a 21-year-old remake coming out. That's Jeez. Smash and Resident That's Evil wild. 2. Yeah, you wouldn't think. What a spectrum of games. Now, the fourth one here, Team Fortress 2. Now that's something, have either of you actually played Team Fortress 2? Nah. I, well, I, uh, I technically yes. I wouldn't say I've played it in for more than two hours. Sure, that's about as long as I've ever played it. But let's go with Dakota to start off here. What year was Team Fortress 2 released? Team Fortress is old, so uh, probably like twenty two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Okay, Marcos, what do you think? I think I was like just. Entering high school, so like 2008, 2007, 2008. 2008, final answer. It yeah. is 2007. You should have gone with your gut, but you still get the <sighs> point there, Marcus. All right, 2007. That game is aging pretty well, too. And the final one here. Wow, I can't believe this is the one we're closing off with. What year is it? But let's go ahead and go with Marcos here. The Legend of Zelda, the original. The original. <sighs> 1988. 88. And Dakota, let's close this off. What is The Legend of Zelda? When was it released? I'm just going to go with a flat 85. 85. Now, again, the tiebreaker rules are going to determine this last point here. Dakota, you win another point. 1986. Ooh. So that is a total of three additional points for Marcos. Two additional points for Dakota, which leaves Ben in the dust, a.k.a. me, right now, at eight points. Dakota sitting at ten points, and Marco sitting at eleven points. So, uh, unless Ben goes back to uh, correct our, our rule-breaking last time, then that is a quite different adjustment from where we walked into this episode. Now, let's go ahead and pivot over to the news here. Um, so, this week we had a lot going on, and um, thankfully Ben kind of gave us an itinerary here of, of how to move through this. There were a lot of big stories. Um, the first one being which Nintendo announces that it has completely restarted its development on Metroid Prime 4, establishing Retro as the new development team. So, Marcos, have you played the Metroid Prime games? What do you think? And what about the transparency that Nintendo is showing with this announcement? I have never played a Metroid game outside of like Super Metroid on the SNES. I don't care for the games, but I think the transparency with the whole situation is pretty, uh, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good move. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree with that, and we've seen a lot of, of closed doors with big developers, so I think that Nintendo continues to hold up that gold standard. So how about Dakota? Same questions to you. Have you played these, and what do you think about the transparency? 
I haven't played them. Um, um, I think the most I've ever seen of a Metroid game is when Ben streamed it, and I thought, God, this is the ugliest game I've seen. <laughs> and I don't know what's going on. Um, well, what, what else did you want to know? I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so about Nintendo's <laughs> transparency. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, I think that's... I think it's it's better to be forthcoming, especially since this has been a long-awaited game, I'm pretty sure. Um, Absolutely. That it's like, hey, you know what? It sucks. We're just scrapping it and starting from the beginning, which I think is respectable. Like, and they're completely, like, they're, they weren't proud of something they were doing, and they were forthright about that. Yeah. I think that that's a nice change of pace from a lot of things that this last year has been riddled with just story after story of games not being transparent and failing and being released in broken states that even the developers are not like happy with just to release at a certain deadline to get it, you know, the, the next quarter bumped up in the right direction economically. Um, so to see someone like Nintendo kind of put their foot down and say, we have a standard and this game is not meeting that standard. And not to mention, um, or, I don't know if you're familiar with the original, like the developer there, but Retro is who they're going back to. So a Texas developer in the United States where they developed the original Metroid Prime series. They were not currently developing that way. So I, I think that all around Nintendo made a nice and refreshing move there. That's That's my thoughts. Um, anything else we want to add on that story for now? It sounds like neither one of you are too invested. Nope. Um, I heard, is it true that one of the developers is like left and that was one of the reasons they, uh, started up again or restarted the thing or am I thinking of something else? I missed that detail. If that came up, I actually don't know, but in the stories I read and, and so forth, that never came up. I don't actually know, hmm. All but right. that, I'll leave that to the listeners to go check out for themselves. Maybe we can follow up next week. Um, the next story here is the Wii Shop channel. So the Nintendo Wii is closing their online shop forever. Oh, uh, it breaks my heart. Yeah, well, okay, then Marco, start us off. How do you feel about it? I'm sad, man. Like, that music is iconic in the community at this point, and it only happened just up till last night on the 29th, I believe. Yeah. I, I never had a Nintendo Wii, so this isn't something that's personally iconic, but that's one of those things where I've always wanted one. I've grown up with people who have had them. Yeah, they're really fun. I mean, Wii Sports was like, is still a big thing. I mean, everybody knows about the whole boxing and the bowling, the little mini uh, tennis games. If your Wii family wasn't had, fighting uh, weekly because of Wii Bowling, you didn't have a child. Sorry, Blake. <laughs> or you didn't lose a TV every now and then. <laughs> I, I, I know I didn't have a childhood, and I don't really have a family, so none of those apply. But Dakota, it, sound, it sounds like you uh, really had that as an intimate fixture in your household. Yeah, we played Wii Bowling all the time. And occasionally Wii Baseball, which was awful. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> Everybody would get a home run. Everybody would feel good. Oh, see, I could never... I would always get a foul ball. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Everybody was always hitting fouls. Or it's like, you're out, because the ball would always get caught. And I'm like, okay, well, this sucks. I never win. It's yeah. a 30-minute game. <laughs> I certainly was never decent at it to, to begin with. But I, I remember all the the Wii sports. But so, so the closing of it, like, what motivation would Nintendo have, Dakota, for closing this shop down? Why do you think they're doing this now? 
Uh, I don't know, honestly. But um, they're probably it probably takes time and effort to like and resources to put in to continue to support it. Um, and it's you know those resources could be allocated to other places, especially since no, not saying nobody plays the Wii or Wii U, but. Mm -hmm compared to the Switch and even the 3DS. Not as many people are playing or buying games from those um, those consoles. Sure. And, like, Marcos, what about people like me who have been thinking about buying a used Wii at some point in the future, who, who have been wanting to go through and play games like um, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, Wind Waker, the things that I couldn't play because I never had a GameCube or a Wii. Like, yeah. what about people like us? How does that affect us? I mean, at this point, you'd have to go completely uh, physical, right? You'd have yeah. to go yeah, and search for Yeah, that's really the discs. only thing. And uh, the other big thing about the Wii is that, like, it had the the uh, eShop. It had, like, the little game. Like, you can go play the original Zelda on that. You can go play Majora's Mask on it. Like, oh, there's a lot of I games know. you can get off of that. Like, there's little, so uh, many. GameCubes. Hmm. Like, the, they have GameCube games on the on the uh, eShop, which is another big thing. A big draw for the Nintendo Wii and... Uh, that's all going to be gone. Yeah. And that's crazy cuz like now that, you know, Marcos does mention it, like the Wii is where you could play like so many Zelda titles. Like if you've never gotten into Zelda, if you have just like a Wii system, like just not even the Wii U, just like an, a classic Wii. Yeah. You can play majority of the most of Zelda titles that have been made within the past 10ish years just on the Wii alone. Wind Waker if you have the GameCube disc, um you can play that on the Wii cuz the Wii is backwards compatible. Skyward yeah. Sword, Twilight Princess, you could all play those on the Wii, which is, and then that's not including all the remakes, I guess, of like yeah. the original Zelda and stuff. So that it it was really a huge hub if you ever wanted to get into Zelda. The best way would have probably ever been through the Wii. Yeah, and that's still my plan, honestly, because I am that person. I never had those consoles, so at some point, I'm going to have to pay up to get that hardware. And, and this closing of the eShop makes me think, you know, might as Especially, well do it now. <laughs> Zelda games don't come cheap. It's Zelda no. games net like they don't age in price ever. No. And actually I if as 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 I know you're a person like looking into getting into Zelda. The GameCube also has like a Zelda um like collector's edition that has like I don't know exactly what it has on it, but um like older Zelda titles, I assume. Mm -hmm. um, sure. That you could that should be, you know, what the Wii is cross compatible with GameCube. Yeah. Um if you're able to get your hands on that. I, I assume it'd probably be the price of a full game, 60, 80 bucks. Um, cause yeah, it is, it's, I can yeah. even look it up and message you, but what games it has on it exactly. Cause the Wii is honestly the best entry point into the Zelda franchise. That's always been my perspective. Now, similarly to the kind of the discretion of where games are released, where they're available in terms of their platform, we had some news this week about Metro Exodus becoming the latest game to become the exclusive on Epic Games' store. So like, all right, we, I know that the, the podcast, we've talked a little bit about Epic Games versus Steam and such, but Metro Exodus isn't a title that I had any investment with. Dakota, what did that news come like to you? What did you think when you heard about Metro Exodus being kind of pulled from Steam at the last minute and moved over to Epic? Not many thoughts. Um, it's, I think the only experience I have with Metro Exodus is Ben, that's a game Ben actually had gotten for me one year. Okay. Um, uh, and you know, like, so, and I, I don't think it's a game I've still played cause it's not, it's a first person shooter, I believe. So it's really not something that's up my alley. 
um, or that I really know much about because I had never heard of it until he had gifted it to me. Mm-hmm. And Marcos, what about you? Um, Metro Exodus, do you have experience with that title? And what do you think about the the kind of last minute pulling away from Steam where they've had to issue this sort of apology letter and finally acknowledge Epic Games' store? I think it's a really big play by Epic Games. I mean, they were able to get... A, because Metro is a pretty big series at this point. Like, it's one of the more narrative-driven uh, first-person shooters. So, I think it's gotten, like, nominated for awards, the previous ones. Hmm. And um, the fact that Epic Games managed to say, like, no, this is our exclusive. It's not going to be on Steam. You have to get it through this store. Yeah. is pretty big. Like, Steam is losing foothold on the... Uh, on the whole PC uh, market, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't use PC. I never use these. Uh, I never use Steam or uh, Epic Games, but uh, I always hear the name Steam when people buy on PCs. So now that sure. we have Epic Games as the old bi- the new big uh, boy to uh, compete with and is now winning these fights, is pretty big. Mm-hmm. Now, the story that I really wanted to tackle this with involves um a, a very i don't know if you want to say famous or infamous retailer in america known as gamestop um so for those outside of america and like i think pretty much anyone listening is going to know what gamestop is it's kind of just a, a place that you can walk into and buy both new and used games and over the years it's gone from a place where you can look for kind of personalized recommendations from a neighborhood trusted person into this more corporate merchandised streamlined ecosystem that now exists and and for better or for worse gamestop is you know it has a reputation for it but what has come into the news spotlight this week is that they have been trying to sell off their company for some time a a lot of sales reports indicate that gamestop as a business model is no longer as profitable as it was even as recently as a year ago um, if you look back to about mid 2016, their stock price was all, like effectively about $50 a share. And today we're looking at about $11 and change a share. They have really declined. So no one is looking to buy them anymore. And their shares have tanked as of this recording over 27% since the re- like release of, of this news. So let's start with Dakota here. Um, I just kind of want to get your personal experience with GameStop. Like what has GameStop meant to you over this time? And then how do you feel about the fact that they're looking at potentially cutting costs, closing, like firing employees, laying them off or even closing stores? Um, it's real sad. Cause as a kid growing up, we used to frequent, um, this is when like there was like different like game retailers uh in the business when hollywood video and blockbuster were still open um we would go to a place called game crazy Mm -hmm. and that was like our go-to video game place and then of course those were always attached to a hollywood video um and of course hollywood video closed game crazy closed it's like well shit guess we gotta go to gamestop no one goes to gamestop (laughs) So I never had fond feelings of GameStop. So I'm like, oh, I'd rather be a game crazy right now. I just like game crazy more. Mm-hmm. But um, it's on one hand, like it's kind of sad, but it's like going into a GameStop now is real different because it is, it's extreme. Like they sell a lot of merchandise and I assume that's to tr- try and make up for like money that they're losing because people just don't buy games from GameStop because there's better alternatives. Um, 
I mean, Amazon just as a whole kills them because of if you have Amazon Prime, if you pre-order a game, you get 20% off that game. Yeah. So it's like, you already know you're going to get it. Might as well get 20% off a brand new game and get it day of. Um, For sure. Like, but it always has memories of like, we go in and we play our games and we just walk around and look around and we don't even buy anything every single time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think it's something that's real surprising now. Because I mean, even retailers like Target, Walmart, Best Buy, I think Best Buy, you can even return games and buy used games there um at kind of a better value so it's not a surprise but it's it's still kind of like hmm, it's like watching blockbuster go down <laughs> sure yes oh, <laughs> rip r.i.p although there is still that one blockbuster up in where alaska or something, something. Um, i think it's, it's oregon just, yes it's the northwest alaska, for sure. who knows? they've got a great uh twitter Yes, exactly. That's the only reason I know about that. But um, the same question to you, Marcos. So, like, what's your personal history and experience been with GameStop? And then how do you feel about the fact that we're looking at potentially closing that kind of story down? Oh, man, I love GameStop. That's where I always go to get my games. Like, where I got all my Kingdom Hearts 3 copies, it's through GameStop. Every time I pre-order a game, it's through GameStop. Yeah. Like, do you have, like, a favorite local everything. one that you go to? Or is it just, like, a, lo- a business that you're loyal to in general? When I'm down home, yeah, I have friends that work there, and they usually work with me on uh, making sure I get a copy of what I want. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, that's the thing that sucks too is, like, usually if it's a new game, they always just kind of have free stuff. Like, sure, I think when Dishonored Two was releasing, um, they had like lanyards. They were just giving out Dishonored Two lanyards, I was, and I told, I remember complimenting the like worker. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a sweet lanyard you have. He's like, oh, thanks, you want one? And then he just gave me one. And I'm like, oh, my God. Thank <laughs> you, kind sir. Now, that's, that actually pivots me into a follow-up question I wanted to ask the both of you, which is kind of regarding what could GameStop do to reinvent itself? Because clearly, I think, GameStop has a place in this kind of post-Amazon community of of... Like, yeah, sure, retail isn't what it used to be, but there are things that we could incentivize the pr- like the prolonging of GameStop with. For example, I, I have two thoughts. I mean, I, I think the used market is, is slowly dying due to digital, but I think that there's still a place for retro game used copies. And then in addition to that, I think that they should embrace this idea of exclusive bundles in content. So... Like they they have done bundles and deals on, for example, Black Friday that no other business is doing. And I think that those sort of things could keep GameStop alive. But in its current model, I just I'm doubtful that it's going to actually hold up. So, um, Marcos, what do you think about GameStop's current business practices? Like, do you think that there there is room to improve and things that they can reinvent themselves with? Oh, yeah, there's definitely room to improve because you can go into a game, or at least the one that I frequent, they sell phones. Like, they sell <laughs> weird stuff. They have phone plans over there. It's wild. Um, that is weird. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, they have, they are decent with the whole console market. They do sell consoles pretty regularly, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Their whole merchandise thing is a, de- a cool idea, I guess. Um, like you can get Keyblades there. Like anytime there's a new big game, they usually have um, uh, respective market uh, uh, product for it. Like I think when Marvel vs. Capcom came out, you can go buy the Infinity Glove and all that stuff. Hmm. And same but, question to you then, Dakota. Yeah. Like, unless you had thoughts, Marcus, it sounded like you had one more. I just think 
it's scary, man. Like it doesn't look good for GameStop. I agree. I'm I'm genuinely worried, which is why I I like I I grew up GameStop, and I, I though I don't spend a lot of money there or a lot of time, still something that I lament the prospect of it disappearing. But but I did want to flip that over to Dakota there. What what about do you think that there like what things would you suggest GameStop could do to keep themselves alive? Um I was thinking actually uh like maybe if they kind of introduce like a game rental kind of a thing. Ooh. Um like Redbox but GameStop specific? Yeah, or like GameFly. When I was a kid we used to rent video well we used to rent video games from Blockbuster. <laughs> Blockbuster clothes. Um, so we actually rent from uh, Gamefly, <laughs> and um, that was always a lot. And I feel like that there's like a kind of a place for something like that. Um, and I mean, I know it's not enough to like be sufficient off of, um, but I feel like that's definitely an idea. Is like you can walk in, or even if they had like digital game rental of some kind, um, or even if I wouldn't be surprised if GameStop tried to do their if they can afford it, I'm not too sure what their uh, economic state's looking like. Well, I know it's bad, but yeah, uh, if they could afford <laughs> it, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to dip into the video game streaming market and do like mm. a monthly service where you could stream mm. wild video games. If that actually like, I know it mostly sucks right now, but if like <laughs> that, if it actually ever becomes successful and like video game streaming becomes like an actual thing, because I know most people, most things are trying it. It's not working out for most people just because nobody's internet is really there. It's just well, kind of a tricky thing to get into, but well, I we, feel like... We know that Xbox is, is on the verge of making that a public feature. Like, the the people yeah. inside internal to Xbox have said that it's all but working. Yeah. Um, so so I, I mean, think that that's not far-fetched. I think that's actually just... I don't know that the business GameStop is actually doing anything to make that happen right now. Yeah, and I mean, I know PS4 has their own streaming service as well. Um, mm -hmm. and I've heard... I'm actually subscribed to it. Um, oh, okay. The PlayStation knows not bad. Yeah, especially, like, it lets you download games for what... I can't imagine actually stream... I have good internet, so, like, streaming the games is mostly okay. Mm -hmm. But um, it, I, I usually download the games. I think I did... That's how I did Bloodborne, because I didn't want to buy it. So I'm like, let me just try PS Now and play Bloodborne that way. Yeah. Um, and they have, like, a lot of games. Um. Yeah. I think it it might be a little difficult since obviously these consoles are doing their own thing, but I feel like there's definitely they can maybe squeeze their way in there and maybe do kind of um, they could probably do, I feel like there there's some way that they could fit their way in there, make it work. So we wanted to take a minute to thank our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/Epilogue Gaming. So thank you for listening to the Epilogue Gaming podcast. We really just want to go through and first thank our new members. Christy Navarro, and Cellular, which we're super happy to have on board. We'd also like to give a special shout out to our gold tier members and above. Matt Buchanan, Tina Jameson, Thinks the Dragon Slayer, Draft Josh, Disney Lover for Life, Chocolate Chip Pancakes, and X Creations. You too can become a member of our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash epilogue gaming. Included are a variety of rewards and perks, so check it out when you have the time. And a friendly reminder, last week Ben mentioned this, but we're looking for new things, new ways to celebrate our Patreon members. So other than the standard readout of new patrons, if you have suggestions of how you would like to be highlighted in the podcast, send us a message and let us know.
So, Marcos and Dakota, let's move over to our main discussion for the second half of this podcast, which the topic for this week is cheating in video games. So the first thing to set this up is, is you. I want to ask you, Dakota, what do you think are the motivations of someone who cheats in a video game? Why does someone cheat? Um... That's a loaded question. <laughs> because cheating is a very vague and broad term. I'm I'm gonna pull a you uh like you did last week and you're like, let's define what Oh what okay, are, yeah, what are, absolutely. I don't I don't even remember what we talked about last week, but <laughs> it, oh, that's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> it just proves I black out during these podcasts and just go oh on. My God. Anyway, um, we have to like, what is your Let's concept of cheating? Because like, that's an ex- like, that's just very, very loaded. Like, are we hacking into the ROM software? What? Yeah. What is it? So, so there's two main ways here, and and actually, before I even get into that, can I let me just pivot over to Marcos? What do you th- do? You think you have a way to define this down before I I chime in? Like what it means to cheat? What? Why do people cheat? Oh, what, why do what is cheating? Cheat? Like, that was the question, but what uh, is cheating is, is what Dakota's asking. I get you. I think in the sense of having an unfair advantage, people cheat because they really want to win at something, or they really want to mm. do well, and they get, have given up on using you know their actual abilities and have decided to go again, go with something outside of the usual source. See, sure. when I yeah. think of cheating, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind is like you know in a competition and someone taking advantage or doing something to like win or take advantage of the game and screw other other people in an unfair way my concept of cheating is like let me let me plug in my action replay into the gamecube and give myself 1000 lives in legend of zelda or make it (laughs) so i can jump (laughs) like that's my idea of kind of like cheating or in the sims giving myself more money um, I guess, so, or using a guide. Well, then, with regards to video games, it sounds like you've acknowledged at least two kinds of cheating. There's one cheating the other person that you're playing with in like a co-op or versus situation, where you actually deceive or trick them to think like you're acting dishonestly or unfairly towards them in order to gain an advantage. Um, but there's also this other kind of cheating that, like, especially earlier gamers would know, like things like Game Shark. Um, where you're literally a cheat code. It's less common in games nowadays, at least from my yeah, perspective. Yeah, I don't like they literally yeah. used to just make little discs and systems. You could. I had a action replay for like my GameCube for my DS, yeah. and you know how, how I, that was. I think the only time I'd ever had a full Pokédex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> but but in general, there's at least two kinds of cheating. There's like cheat codes and cheating a person. So those two things, I think, is, are both involved in the question that I'll return us to now. Um, and I, I want to land back on you, Dakota, to start us off. What are the motivations of someone who cheats in either of those cases? Um, I feel like both of them. It's like a way to kind of make things easier, even in the case where it's like you're deceiving somebody. Um, it's you know you're making kind of a a fight like easier and like you know um obviously in the first instance where it's just yourself like screwing around in a game you're just making it you know the sims giving Mm -hmm. yourself money it's easier 
it takes away the challenge. I feel like it's the same thing in, um, even for, like, online situations. Um, I don't think, well, I'm sure there's some people that are just rude and <laughs> do it to screw with people. Um, but I think it's overall just to make it easier on themselves and so they don't have to, like, how do I say? Uh, so they don't have to get good. That's all I can think in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So I'll admit that, like, I certainly used to love and rely on cheat codes for that very reason is that it gives you a better chance of experiencing more of the game if you don't want to, quote, get good. Now, Marcos, what, what do you think about now? We've lined out those two definitions of different kinds of cheating. What do you think about, like, what, is there anything you'd add or amend from those motivations to people who cheat? Why do people cheat in games? I think in the case of, like, wanting to make a game easier, there's also the side of, like, you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you want to make your car fly. You have to use a cheat code for that. And that's just in the name of fun. Like, that's fun. Yes. God, or in oh, that... Wind Waker, my biggest one that I always remember is Wind Waker and like putting on infinite swimming and just swimming from <laughs> island to island versus taking a boat. It's awesome. You, It's like God mode. Or and, jumping. And... Like, and just flying and shooting yourself up into the air. Like, yeah. I think things like Unlimited Health or, in my case, Grand Theft Auto also resonates. You know, back in the day, I, there was, like, cheat codes to drop tanks from the sky, yeah, and you man. just keep putting that cheat code in, and you fill the whole block, like, 50 streets wide with tanks, and then you try to get the cops to come after you, and you're like, good luck, nerds. Yeah, man. Like, like Cheat Code Central was the place to get those convoluted <laughs> button configurations. You're pressing, like, 12 buttons in a row, and all of a sudden, you're a god in the game, and it's just fun. Like that now, now this is something Ben did not put in the notes, but I'm really curious. Why do you think, or actually, do you agree first that games have declined their usage and integration of game cheats? Like, I feel like I don't know of games that still use cheat codes anymore or like cheats. Yeah, I don't know of any recent game that has a cheat code or even like anything like a little Konami code, like the original big cheat code in like Contra. Yeah. Um, Dakota, do you yeah. do you know of any others? Um, no, because like even when I think back to like when I played, um, like Animal Crossings for the GameCube. Of course, it goes to Animal Crossings. I remember like <laughs> my dad would look up because you could put in um codes to like if you were going to the shop because you could always buy furniture you've had in the past and sold if you ever wanted it again. Um. And that's still applicable for, like, most of the games. You can always access old furniture you've had in the past. Um, but you could also put in a code and just get that. Like, if you had the code for a specific piece of furniture, um, you you know, it would get shipped to you and you'd have it the next day. Um, and yeah. my dad would go online and be like, oh, you like this couch? Okay, here's the code. Put it in. And, like, my dad would <laughs> help me <laughs> use online codes to get furniture in Animal Crossings. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you, you can't do that in the games anymore. The only game I know of that allows cheat codes is The Sims. Um, hmm. Sims 4. And I would think... So... What I, the only other game I can think of as well, and I don't know if you'd maybe call it... No, I'd say it was, it's still a cheat code, is Skyrim. You can, um if you hit, like, Alt-F5 or who, whatever, um, Escape Squiggly, who knows... Um, you can put in, uh, if you'd have to like know like whatever the Cody codes are, um, but you can usually modify, I 
Because I admit, in Skyrim, I'm like, I don't want to deal with my stamina, so I usually modify it so I can just hold whatever. Because um, it's just one less thing. This, to me, it's just an annoyance. It's not even a difficult thing. To be encumbered, sure. it just sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, same question back to you, Marcos, there. like, What, what do you think about the de seeming decline of modern cheat codes in gaming? Um, like, like what, what goes through your head? Why do you think that that is on the decline, at least unless you disagree with what Spy has suggested there? No, man, like, I think the most recent game that has it might be Grand Theft Auto V, and that's because I'm not even sure if they have it. I'm just... I'm pr I have an idea that they probably do have, like, the whole open up your phone, dial a number, and a thing comes out. Because, like, there's Lester that has that kind of stuff. You call him, and you can, like, wipe your uh, wanted level and stuff like that. Mm. Or you can call a car that you need or whatever. But um, outside of that, I don't know any other game series that, like, has continued on the celebration of uh, fun little cheat codes to make a game wild. Like, I don't think I Santa Monica decided, like, hey, we should put in a big head code for Kratos just to make it <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> that would be incredible, though. Can we not agree that would yeah, that'd be great. the next tier? Or can you imagine, <laughs> like, all the dragons in Skyrim with, like, tiny little heads? <laughs> <laughs> or the dragonborn with just massive hands? Oh, my God. Just, like, just take them Just something ridiculous and dumb. It, like, it doesn't even change anything, but it's just, like... Big hands. <laughs> yeah, even if the Chico's cosmetic, like, let it be fun. But I don't, I guess they decided that they don't want to put time into programming something that's just a joke, I guess. If yeah, I wonder if that indicates some kind of market shift. Because, like, the fact that it's not just, like, one studio that wanes away from it, but it's much of the market has moved away from it, that strikes me as a really weird thing. You would think that developers would want to have fun by integrating cheat codes, but I guess now they integrate that into completionist kind of runs and collectibles and unlocks and loot boxes and all yeah. those things. And, you know, I guess fair enough. That just gave me, like, because um, like, now I'm thinking of, like, all my cousins and stuff, because they're, like, you know, 10 and 13, um, collectively as a whole, like, literally all of them. But, hmm. like, because now, like, what I think I'm like, huh, yeah, I remember playing Ratchet and Clank with, like, big head mode. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, or, like, absolutely. Animal Crossing. Or, you know, even just plugging in, like, the Game Shark and making Link jump. Like, which is so dumb. Like, you. <laughs> just making <laughs> but him. Worth it. Like, he would just. It wasn't even a true jump. He just launched into the air, and you'd be stuck up there for, like, 30 minutes just falling. Well, some of the classic games from, like, the early 2000s, late 90s, I mean, I, I think of things like uh, Jack and Daxter, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, like, all of them had these sort of cheat code things that you could yeah. play around with. Even Like, I, I loved that era, but maybe the culture has moved and on. And it's like, it was just a whole thing, too, where they had, like, a menu where you unlocked your, like, cheats or, like, quote-unquote cheats, and it just made, like, goofy little things happen. So now I'm like, man, my cousins won't ever really have that, like... Just that stupid, yeah. silly stuff, like <laughs> big heads. <laughs> yeah. Because every, every game had a big head mode. As they should. Um, so before we began the podcast, Dakota, you mentioned, like, I, I briefed you on the idea that we'd be talking about cheating in video games. And you brought up this really provocative idea that things like walkthroughs could potentially be cheating in a video game. I don't know that you wedded yourself to that, but could you explain what you meant? Yeah, um, uh, as you, I've, I say, I've been playing Persona 5, um, and at some point, I decided, like, I was in the game, and I'm like, 
this is a lot going on. I want to do the game right the first time. Start it over. And like I was, you know, like a kind of a month into the game. You know, it wasn't like I just a few days in, let me start over. I took a big, uh, not a big, you know, a mild step back. And I looked up a guide and I've been following a guide. And I feel like to not a, like a good, like not even like a small amount. I feel like a decent amount of people would be like, that's that's cheating. You're almost ruining that like first experience of the game for yourself. Hmm. Um, and I feel like to some, like not everybody would consider using a guide or a walkthrough. Um, a, uh, you know, cheating, not everybody would think that way. Um, but I feel like there's a good chunk of people that would consider like, why are you using a guide to like look up where this, like that's part of the fun is kind of this like challenge of not knowing what's to come. Mm. Just the thought, now, the, the fact of knowing is kind of in itself, like having that knowledge is cheating. Absolutely. So I, I've seen those arguments a lot. Marcos, what do you think about Spy's position here? I don't see a big problem with walkthroughs, personally. I don't. I mean, I use them sometimes, too, when I get stuck and I need to find something or I just legit don't know where to go. Like, I imagine somebody's <laughs> first time playing Kingdom Hearts 1. Like, that's a mess. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, you need to know. I can attest know. to that. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's cheating. I think... It's just extra help, if anything. I mean, like, game guides exist, right? Like, those things were a yeah. thing people would sell. Like, you could go and buy a book, and it'll tell you how to find things. Like, Pokemon was a big one. Like, you could figure oh, out where the I hell you're going so in, like, many. Mount Rock. The Prima Guides. Yeah. Or what oh, Pokemon was so in what grass areas. And, yeah. like, the the boss, the not the bosses, but, like, the the gym leaders Pokemon yeah. and what levels they'd be. Yeah, the original walkthroughs. Those things are cool. And like it was a cool thing to have. Like you can see pictures and stuff. You see literal maps of the game. It was, I thought those things yeah. were really awesome. So I'm glad you're both pretty sympathetic to that because there you know, as a streamer, you there is a degree of shame that you have to attach or you you at least have to kind of like be tongue in cheek about the fact that you might be relying on a walkthrough. Yeah. You know, when I played when I played Chrono Trigger last year, there were, at the ending, I had to use a walkthrough to go through the side quest because oh, yeah. I had no idea where to go, what year to travel to, who what character to pick, blah blah blah. And I don't I mean unless you really meticulously trial and error paid attention to put those pieces together i thought to myself i'm saving myself five to ten hours of frustration and confusion if i just look up someone who's already experienced in this game to streamline my experience and make me enjoy it more for sure so i'm glad that none of us are really pushing towards walkthroughs equals cheating because personally i i think that idea is reductive i don't i just don't i don't believe that that's truly why people look up walkthroughs they're not looking to make the game quote-unquote easier all the time they're just looking to like make it more enjoyable yeah man personally it's kind of like streamlining the process especially if so. you're streaming especially because it's just like i've been following a guide for persona the whole time and i'm like whenever someone new comes in i'll always mention i'm using a guide i'm i'm i, I kind of joke i'm i'm basically because hmm. like yeah so i don't want Persona's such a long game. Like, <laughs> oh, insanely <gosh. laughs> long. Like, I'm not trying to spend 150 hours when I can maybe just do 100. Yeah, I hear that. Now, okay, let now that we've moved aside from maybe defining walkthroughs as cheating, let's say that's not cheating. Um, we, we'll go back to cheat codes and cheating other people in, like, co-op or PvP or whatever situations. 
Have either of you, and we'll start with Marcos here, ever cheated in a video game? And if so, let's tell tell us a story of when you did and why. I don't think I've ever cheated in a video game like to make it easier on me outside of like what I said, Grand Theft Auto. Mainly because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff, like stuff like aimbots or like uh, lag switching, all that stuff. I don't know how that stuff works. I'm not a very tech savvy guy. I plug in the game and uh, play as it played as is. Okay, Dakota, what about you? I've never cheated in the sense that uh, you know it's like I'm playing a multiplayer game. I'm playing Mario Kart, and I just cheated i have automatic drive on whatever i've never done that um but like i've like felt like i mean the sit like the sims the um mother load that mother load cheat code is a staple you know it gives you like five thousand fifty thousand dollars um in the game i do sims cheats all the time um where you hit you know enable cheats true um and then you can like even unlock like secret items you wouldn't have been able to buy um and it's general like overworld stuff i've done it in skyrim um where you can open the console for the game and i'll like i said before i uh do like unlimited stamina um i think that's really the only thing i do for skyrim because uh, mm. or not unlimited stamina unlimited um weight capacity because being encumbered is just a pain in my ass but i think yeah. this also brings up another thing though because i thought of stardew valley um and you can download uh, a mod, and it's called um, something I, like CB, JCB, ICB, whatever, cheats menu, um, and like cheats. And so it gives you infinite stamina, infinite health. health. It stops time, um, as well as uh, there's a cheats menu so you can just spawn in the items you need. Um, that made me think, like, could, could like some mods be considered possibly cheating? Like... Because obviously, like, none of this stuff is possible in Stardew Valley until you install that mod. So that, all right, Ben is going to kill me for asking more questions. <laughs> We're hitting about an hour. So I'm going to, hey, can I get you? you're the one editing it, so. Can I get a yes or no with one follow-up? Are mods cheating? Marcos. Ooh. <sighs> yes. Okay. Follow-up sentence? Oh, we get a follow-up sentence? Yeah, just one. Oh. Yeah, man. Like, when I hear, like, you can just uh, make shit uh, fly, or when you could... Uh, like, spawn like stuff in, in. Yeah, spawn stuff in, or like in Skyrim, where you could make a dragon just disappear. I think that's pretty much cheating. Yeah. Okay. Dakota. Uh, yeah. Or mods cheating. I have to also go with a hard yes. Um, and not even so, like, in the sense of, like, a single-player capacity, like, yeah. But even more so for, like, games like Minecraft, um, where, like, it's extremely easy to install, like, a mod into your game and go onto a multiplayer server and use that to give you an, an advantage um, in the games. Uh, even if it's hmm. just, um, like, x-ray vision, so you can see diamonds, gold, iron, and where they all are exactly. Um, Hmm. but you can, uh, there's also mini maps, which is a much smaller form, but like that still gives you an advantage, um, in games like that. So I think, yeah, mods would have to be considered like cheating, even in like, whether it's a single player sense, someone spawning in items for their own single player experience or 
Minecraft, I feel like, is probably the big one. It's very easy to install cheats for Minecraft. So, Dakota, do you have any follow-up, wrapping-up thoughts on cheating in video games? I think most times, it's not bad. Like, most times now, I mean, granted, I'm not huge in, like, online multiplayer communities um, or games of that sort, which is, I think, where this kind of question has, like, this can be a lot more meaningful of a thing um most of my experience come from single player environments because i'm not a multiplayer person um i think most times cheating isn't bad even if it's in the case of like you're playing stardew valley and you want to spawn in your rainbow prisms or whatever or you know and you're using cheats to give yourself an advantage in sims like this is honestly because at that point you're playing for yourself you're playing by yourself you're not mm. affecting other people's experiences um and i think most people can agree most times cheats aren't bad they're fun they're silly and they're goofy and they're just a good old time and it'd be fun to see big games reintroduce like big head mode <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely marcus what do you think about cheating here i think it's all fun if it's you know contained like if it's a single player experience go what go nuts have your uh, have your fun just uh don't be a shithead online that's uh that's basically where my line is for cheating i think online games have also made it very difficult to cheat in sure. online modes um i don't play a lot so i guess i don't really know but i feel like it's fairly it's not an easy thing to do so if you're going out of your way well, to cheat in a multiplayer game um one it's hard to do and you're just being an asshole. And you're doing it through other people's fun. And that's malicious and awful. Whoever does that, you're an ass. Well, <laughs> well both of you might remember recently the kind of controversy surrounding Ninja and Tifu about um, Fortnite and the question of stream sniping. Oh. So cheating, cheating is still in the news. It's still something that people accuse people of doing. I never even thought of stream sniping. Professional settings. That's not something that I, yeah. I think of very much either. I just I, I like to pay attention to what's actually going on in the broader conversation about video gaming. And so I, I think we've all kind of concluded as long as we're not like manipulating other people in a high stakes scenario, whether for money or for like emotional stability in our relationship, I think that we're generally speaking like cheating is fun when we're playing by ourselves. Cheating is not fun when we're cheating other people. I, I, any objections to that as a conclusion? No, that's that's about right, man. Yeah, I feel like that's good. Dot. Okay. Now, let's go ahead and move over to our final trivia segment of this episode, where it's not what year is it anymore. This one itself is its own self-contained question. Now, let's. this is going to take a minute to, to walk through. Do you both remember the Game Shark? Yes. Never owned one, but I've heard of them. Okay, this is typically a video game cheat cartridge that you could attach to your console. So, for example, with, with Game Boy Color, I would I would plug in the same... It's a physical dimension of the cartridge, right, as you would plug in a game to the back of the thing. And then you would actually, on the bottom of the plug-in, the cheating thing, you would plug in the real game. Yeah. And so it would, it would feed itself into the game, like kind of like a HDMI splitter, but with cheat codes. Weird. And so... It allowed you to cheat in things like The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Like, it's not exclusive to the Game Boy. This is a brand. So it, it was a physical piece of hardware most times. And um, goodness God, you could do 
infinite devious things with it. <laughs> so the question for you all is which of the following was not a real cheat that could be accessed via the game shark? So these cheat codes have been re-imaged with names given by Ben himself. Lord, I feel like I have so. an actual advantage in a trivia question for once. Yeah, with no my infinite experience with action replay, which was essentially the same thing as Game Shark, just a different people making it. Uh, yeah, it, it just was like a rebranded same idea. So the five options here will start. Is this for one game in first... specific or just as a whole? As we go through, we'll determine. That. Okay. Um, the, 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 these are all specifically with regard to Ocarina of Time. So are we spotting the fake code? I'm just confused what we're supposed to guess. Maybe I'm jumping the gun. We, we, so which of the following is not a real cheat code via the Game Shark in Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? Okay. He did not write it that way, but that's the point of the question. Okay. Which of these were not real cheats in Ocarina of Time? All right. First one. Is that Godzilla? Where only Link's boots could be seen on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay. Uh, the second one, Epona in the Nether, where Link's horse, Epona, would turn upside down and lose her legs. <laughs> the third one, Existential Link, where Link disappears from the game entirely. In other words, you're playing from just a camera angle. <laughs> All right. So first the person? The fourth one... I mean, the camera doesn't change, so technically still third person, but yeah, first person, I guess. Um, you're, you're working with, like, I, presumably an invisible avatar. The fourth one is Valentine's Day Massacre, where picking up a heart kills Link, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> I, and the last one, Space Jam Ganon, where Ganon's balls of light are replaced with actual basketballs <laughs> so all right do i need to go through these i'm gonna go through the titles one more time is that godzilla with the boots epona in the nether where the horse is turned upside down with no legs existential link no avatar just the camera link disappears valentine's day massacre the hearts actually hurt and kill link Space Jam Ganon, the balls of light that sh are shot at you are actually basketball. Let's go with Dakota. What do you think is not a real cheat via the game shark? Oh, Lord. God dang it. I wasn't expecting this. Now I'm <laughs> like, well, shit, there goes my uh, knowledge of cheat codes. Um, so we had... If it helps, I've never heard of any of these either until looking at this list. I did verify this, though, and, and it took me by surprise. Okay, so we've got, is that Godzilla? Epona flips yep. upside down, and uh, something about its legs? Uh, yeah, his legs also disappear. And then we have... Then we have... Um, existential, existential Crisis, link. yeah. Yep. Then there was Space Jam, which is sounding mm -hmm. a little fishy to me, but I don't know when Space Jam came out, so... What was the I can't tell one? you because of the sake of being a host. And the, the last one was Valentine's Massacre, Day Massacre, yeah. where hearts actually kill Link. These are all uh, official titles, okay. by the way. So, Godzilla sounds like a real one. Um, that, that sounds 
like completely real. Uh, that just sounds like something stupid. Um, that is a real cheat. Um, I feel like I have memories of like being able to like turn your ant like in Minecraft turning your animals upside down for whatever. Like that's just a thing. So Epona being upside down is not strange or too off the mark. Valentine's Massacre is a Kelsey little went upside down horse. Yeah, upside down. <laughs> Honestly, though. Um, right. existential link I mean I feel like not. that's maybe the fishiest but also seems god these all just seem so plausible <laughs> as someone that's used <laughs> like stupid cheat codes like these like these all sound so real um I kind of agree like and the only one that sounds fishy is the Space Jam one purely because of I feel like Space Jam came out after Ocarina of Time so like they don't exist on the same spectrum but I feel like, God, that one has keep, to be the weird, weird real one. But keep in mind, the Game Shark cheat codes did come out after Ocarina of Time. I'm, that's not a spoiler for the answer. Uh, I just want to remind you. Those are yeah. different timelines. Let's, let's All right, do, final answer. I need it now. I need uh, it now. Is, is, that, uh, is that Godzilla? I'm just going to go with it. That's what my heart says. All right. Is that Godzilla from Spy? And then we have Marcos. Let's go ahead and knock this one out. Space do, you, do we need to go through the list? What was that? Space Jam Ganon. Space Jam. Oh, just full stop. Yeah. Full, Space Jam Ganon. All right. You are correct, God damn Marcos. It, my heart. Space Jam. You, Spy, you saw it. You knew it. You, oh, my God. So, unfortunately, it made no the most one, sense. It made the most sense. No one on the Game Shark, at least. This might have happened in real life. No one on the Game Shark replaced Ganon's Balls of Light with basketballs. Although, that sounds like as a lot reading... of effort, honestly. A little <laughs> too much effort than most game cheats went through. That's more of a I modern guess, mod. I am honestly fascinated at the other four in this list. I think that that is just a masterpiece <laughs> of, of, like, now I want to go back. I actually have a friend's old uh, N64 with Ocarina of Time that I can plug back up at some point. I kind of want to go and uh, check that out and see if, if I can find an old Game Shark or something. So um, that's going to wrap us up for the episode here. That's, that's about everything Ben left me here. And I, I hope I did justice to the outline that Ben left me for this episode. Um, let's go ahead and pivot over to how we can uh, further this conversation. So let's start with Marcos here. Where can we find you on social media and beyond after this episode? Yo, uh, Twitter, uh, TwinkiePie37. I'm Marcos Carmona, the cute one. Uh, yeah. Have you been verified with the little blue check mark as the cute one? I, I've been meaning to ask. I need to be. All right, I'm going to submit some paperwork for My you. Man. We're going to get that taken care of. My man. Spy. Uh, <laughs> Dakota, I always want to call you Spy. Yeah, right, I know. Let's just you, leave you've it. had a couple slips. <laughs> I, 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 I called this all chat last week. This is better than that. I still anyway. I, to be fair, Dakota, I, where I can we find you? Call Marco's Twinkie still at the start of the podcast. So, but anyway, <laughs> you can find me at Twitter at the Empress. There's a three in there somewhere, but you got to find it. It's the second E. Um, <laughs> thirty, fourth E. Who knows how many E's there are in the Empress? Four. Um, it, there's there? like seven. Anyway, <laughs> you can find me over at. I'm not going to tell you my personal information because no one's interested in that, but Ludo Narrative FM at Twitter or twitch.tv slash Ludo FM. Um, I cast regularly. I post on Twitter way too much, probably every day about video game information. And you can always, of course, catch up our information on the main website, epiloggaming.com. We had Monday, our boy Roy came out with an episode about Cuphead's boss battles. So if any of you love Cuphead, that's an amazing article. 
as his first proper deep dive. And Friday, I'm coming out with, as I said at the top of this episode, an article on Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, titled Rules. So I will be, unfortunately, lamenting that episode. But we've got a lot of stuff coming out. And then, also on Friday, hate to plug too much, but um, the next episode of the Ludo Narrative Podcast with Preston and myself will be coming out on Undertale. So if you're interested in hearing about one of my favorite games of all time, as recently as I played it, uh, and potentially Preston's one of his least favorite, if you want to hear that discussion, (laughs) check it out on Friday. We've got a spicy two and a half hour long episode for you guys. In the meantime, check us out on epiloggaming.com. Send us in your Patreon questions, support, anything like that at patreon.com slash epiloggaming, and we will catch you next week. All right. Thank you for listening to the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.